This episode is presented by the Pacific Wine and Food Classic, returning September 30th to Newport Beach, California. You can save 25% off your tickets right now by using the discount code SEATS at checkout. That's a capital C E A T S. Once again, that is SEATS at checkout for 25% off your tickets to the 2023 Pacific Wine and Food Classic. This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 121 of the Best Seats podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Croft McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you so much to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show and you're listening on free feed, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it may be, please consider leaving a rating and or a review, pushing it to your friends through social, whatever you got to do. It helps play with the algorithm and helps find new audiences for the show. Do not forget that the very best experience is found on patreon.com forward slash the best seats, where so many people subscribe each and every month and help support this show. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash the best seats to get early ad free listening to each and every episode of the show. Uh, exclusive access to the bonus episodes where they are applicable. The last two episodes did not have them, but every other one, I want to say it's like 45 bonus episodes at this point. Um, and so much more. And don't forget that the bestseats.com has the blog, merchandise, more links and information about Patreon if you're on the fence, as well as a whole host of other stuff that is coming on down the road. Um, my guest for this episode, we are doing back-to-back pizza episodes if you're listening to the show chronologically, although obviously last episode was a collaboration with the Taco Tuesday podcast and the people over there, very happy to do it. But now we are back to soloing with just me and the best seats. My guest for this episode, returning to the show, Marcos Costas, but new on the show, Chef Christopher Christian, both of a pizza dojo in Dana Point, California. Now, I'm a sucker for a classic pizzeria. I think anybody who grew up with them, it doesn't even have to be East Coast. Everybody had a neighborhood pizza spot for the most part. You're, it, it's probably something that brings back great memories for you. They bring great memories for me. There's something really nostalgic about it. Um, I think I bring it up in the main episode. It might be in the bonus episode. I don't remember at the time that I'm recording this introduction. But they're kind of the gateway restaurant for a lot of people. They're kind of the first time where maybe you're a teenager or, you know, young in high school. You're not really an adult yet, adolescent, and you get to go out with friends, right? You kind of get to order for yourself when you're younger. They generally had arcades. I mean, they're just fun places. They're, they're one of those restaurants that I think are staples of a lot of people's upbringing. Um, pizza Doho used to be a pizzeria. It used to be Parallel Pizzeria uh, by Chef Ryan Adams. It was a great pizzeria. Obviously, that one kind of got its ass kicked by COVID and a lot of other stuff and just a lot of different changes. So when these guys came in bringing, you know, 60 years or something like that combined restaurant experience, whether it was managing restaurateurs, opening places, I was really excited for it. They're approaching their one year anniversary, which just goes to show you how quickly this year is going, but just how quickly time goes in general. 
And with a lot of other pizzerias opening right now and kind of getting a lot of recognition, and deservedly so, I wanted to sit down with them because a pizza doho is more of that classic. It really speaks to me. I've eaten there a number of times. The food is phenomenal. And it really gives me that vibe and that sense of nostalgia that I really kind of crave and that I look for. So I hope that you will enjoy episode 121 as we head down to Dana Point to talk with my guests, Marcos Costas and Chef Christopher Christian at a Pizza Doho in Dana Point. Enjoy. Well, it's time for a little commercial. Yeah. There's a handful of things in life that I know that I'm good at. Running a successful podcast, for one. A website, photography, menu consulting, etc. But one of the things where I need help is my gardening. Specifically, culinary gardening. It's one thing to have a nice succulent or a pretty plant to look at, but there's nothing like growing your own food, herbs, and more. That's why I turn to my friend and friend of the Best Seeds podcast, Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage, for all things culinary gardening. She's an expert through and through who's worked with some of the best chefs and restaurants here in Orange County. Just see the work that she did up at the amazing Poppy and Seed in Anaheim, or some of the work she's doing with chefs like Zach Scher over at the Bellow Chef's Table. She's talented, witty, incredibly smart, and a consummate professional through and through. Whether you're running a restaurant program, a craft cocktail program, or you just want to start growing some great food at home, she has everything you need and more. So to get more information, set up a consultation, or just to see some of the things that she's done in the past, check out heirloompotage.com for more information. All right, gentlemen, good morning. Well, not morning for anybody who might be listening, but morning for us as we are recording a beautiful, albeit inevitably hot day down here in Dana Point at a Pizza Doho, um, a spot that some people in Orange County might be familiar with as a pizzeria, although you guys have now taken it over, approaching one year anniversary, breathed a lot of new life back into it, and we have a lot of things to unpack when it comes to this spot. But before we do that, would you both mind introducing yourselves and giving a little bit of your background? Marcos, as the returning guest, I'll be in a different spot like now. Uh, we'll start with you. My name is Marcos Costas. I'm one of the owners of a Pizza Doho, uh, originally born and raised in New Jersey and college in New Haven, Connecticut. And I got transferred with the Ritz-Carlton Philadelphia in 1996 to the Ritz-Carlton Laguna Niguel that same year. Um, been running uh, and overseeing the restaurants and hotel restaurants uh, since 1996. Um, and we opened a, a Pizza Doho, kind of an homage to my Northeast upbringing uh, in September of 2022. Very nice. Uh, Christopher Christian, um, went to culinary school when I was like 19 years old, kind of worked my way through. Um, in 98, I opened up uh, our first restaurant with the group Fox Restaurant Concepts in Tucson. Uh, we kind of grew that uh, through 2019 and sold off. And then along the way, um, kind of change professions, kind of change focus, family comes along, and I meet Marcos. And Marcos and I, we kind of hit it off. He was working at a, a local restaurant and just kind of talking restaurants in, in the meantime. And he calls me up probably three, four days after my second child, my daughter was born. And he says to me, uh, I want to talk to you about pizza. 
And so that's kind of how Pizza Doho was born. I, I said yes, and he said, you don't even know what I'm going to talk about. And so I said, or you don't even know what I want. And I said, well, if you want to eat pizza, you want to make pizza, you want to talk about pizza. And he's like, no, I want to open up a pizza restaurant. And so mind you, I have this four-day-old four baby going, oh, my God, I think I'm going to enter the pizza restaurant or the restaurant business again. And meanwhile, it was so in the rearview mirror that uh, just that he must have just caught me at the right time. And so we both have a passion for pizza, and then a pizza doho was born. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we've been collectively, Marcus and I, I think we were talking about it. We, we've been in the business collectively, you know, 65 plus years. Yeah. And so 65 years of experience in these, uh, you know, what, 1,600 square feet is, um, it's been a lot of fun. Right. I mean, the, the space that we're sitting in now, um, anybody who's listening to the show is going to know the uh, name, you know, Chef Ryan Adams. He had 370 Common in Laguna Beach. This was Parallel Pizzeria. Um, he, you know, went off and, and kind of made some changes. How did you guys come up on the spot? I mean, did it just all of a sudden you knew, saw that there was just a pizzeria looking to sell or how did you guys actually find it? Because, I mean, it was basically outside of changing up the marketing turnkey for the most part. Well, that was the appealing thing. Ryan Adams was the executive or VP of culinary operations for the years I worked with David Wilhelm in Culinary Adventures. Yeah, and sure. Ryan oversaw all the food in the kitchens for um, many of the openings David did. Chat Noir, French 75, Rouge. Um, and Ryan had called me and said that uh, he was looking to sell the business. Would I be interested? The answer quick was yes, but there was a whole litany of things I didn't know about, hence um, me calling Chris, culinary being one of them. But um, what I liked about the space was its location on PCH. Yeah. Ryan had just built out the kitchen just a couple years earlier, so I liked the fact that um, from equipment standpoint and structurally, it, it was still fairly new. Now. When you rewind just a year prior, the world was looked vastly different and everything was more expensive and taking longer, especially from a construction piece. Absolutely. So to have that removed and have something already built, I thought that um, if I had the right know-how, that's where Chef Chris came along, and we hopped on a vision that I thought its simplisticness was its beauty, and pizza does that, great pizza does it better, um, I thought that we could get this thing turned around and shown it some love uh, and alleviate all the other moving parts. So that, yes. And then the last piece, as, as you alluded to earlier, Dana Point's riding this wave of, um, of exfoliation change and, and, and the harbor is being um, renovated as we speak. So uh, I thought we could time it with that also and, and come out uh, with something really special. And I think we have. Chris, on the culinary side of things, what is your background? Because again, I, like I've known Marcos before, but I, I want to introduce kind of your background to people who might be listening and, and how, especially as it relates to pizza, because pizza, as far as chefs go, there's no half-ass. You're all in. And for a lot of people, it is a lifetime thing. It's an obsession thing. It's Lord knows everybody's going to take a stance on certain ways to do it, certain ways to cook it, where the dough, et cetera. I mean, it is... Pizza is a commitment, to say the least. A labor, a labor of love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I grew up, uh, well, I grew up in an Italian household. Uh, you know, grandma and mother made fresh cookies and fresh doughs and, and doughs for bread, doughs for pizza. 
so that's where it starts. Um, and then as I kind of get into my professional life, um, it was very interesting. No matter what the concept was, whether it's like a little bar concept or Mediterranean concept, pizza always kind of made its way in. It does a lot of things. It, it's great for sharing. It's great for, uh, you know, trying different, different ingredients, um, and everyone loves it. And so as we start to evolve Fox restaurants, there's always a little bit of a pizza element to it. I think it's a good cost-saving labor, labor, or not labor, but uh, food cost-saving piece to serving a steak. And so we've kind of recognized that in a few different concepts, whether it be Olive and Ivy and, and Scottsdale there or a few other concepts, where it just lends itself to kind of alleviate some of the center of the plate items. So as we start to do that, I recognize that this is the way to go. Uh, we, we opened up a restaurant called Sauce, which is a fast casual pizza place. Uh, North Italia, which there's a, there's a few of them in, yeah. in the California area. And um, again, so when Marcos calls me and wants to talk about pizza, like, I'm in. Like, when I was a kid, Friday night pizza was, was a, a joy. You know, it was announced, hey, mom or grandma, or we're not cooking tonight. And it's Friday night pizza, and it was like the best night ever. And yeah. so doing, knowing that and feeling that way as a kid, that's kind of what we wanted to bring, or at least I wanted to bring into a pizza doho, is every kid kind of in Dana Point kind of growing up on their favorite pizza, going away to college, coming back with their girlfriend or friends, going, oh, man, we got to hit my, my favorite spot. And that's kind of – that was at least my vision when I designed the menu is like finding everyone's little favorite – you know, I don't expect you to love everything, but I do expect you to find five favorite things you just love and you think about. And you're, you're traveling, like, man, when I get home, I get off the plane, I need my favorite, you know, a beats or, you know, some simple salad either. I mean, it, pizzeria is not, not a full restaurant, but a pizzeria, kind of like what we're sitting in now. It's, I had a chef friend describe it one time as a gateway restaurant. Because again, like you go out as an adult, maybe you have a favorite bartender. Maybe somebody has a favorite wine list. You know, for kids and especially high school kids, things like that, who are kind of growing up and figuring out what they like in their neighborhoods, they're coming for the pizza. They're coming because their friends are coming for the pizza. I mean, it really is a yeah. great way to get people introduced to restaurants and to going out and to having a night out. Even down to the fact that I'm sure you guys, like a lot of other pizzerias in the area, you know, you're hiring local kids, you're hiring staff that are the kids there, and then their friends are coming in. You know, as somebody who's done a lot of restaurants, and Marcos, you've obviously worked in more traditional restaurants, and people who have listened to the show know that. The pizzeria itself, why, why this? Because you could have gone, you could have gone more upscale, you could have switched it, you could have gone, shit, you could have done a pizza, pizza tasting menu for all we know. I mean, Southern California is changing yeah. so rapidly. Why keep it simple? I mean, I'm sure that it's just, it is easier from some aspects, but it's still running a business. There's still headaches, but just the, the beauty and the simplicity of a pizzeria, how does that speak to both of you guys? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's all, mandatory to start with the New Haven guy. Yeah, yeah well, it, it's all about the journey. And it, it's funny when you look at different intersections in my, in my life, I've almost done a 180 in that the more time I spent getting kicked around the industry, the more I just wanted simple and i wanted um a, a food that brought people together and i wanted it to be a little bit more forgiving in that if there's a human error hiccup guess what i do i buy my pizza and a beer and at the end of the day you know uh, you put a smile on people's face but 
I wanted something as a front of the house guy who learned the industry before technology was the tail wagging the dog, before yeah. Yelp, before all this stuff. I just wanted to get back to the basics of breaking bread uh, together, right? And um, for me, I learned the front of the house from the relationships is the most important currency. So nothing builds relationship than a front of the house guy who loves people and has the tools that Chris has given us and beautiful pizza and beautiful food. And what good is either if you don't have people to, to enjoy it with. So yeah. I, I did a 180 and, and COVID kind of was the catalyst in that I saw where the industry was going and I saw, um, and I, this is no disrespect, but the cost of things skyrocketing and then that passed over to the guest. And when it's passed over to the guest, any little mistake was cut, <laughs> the sky was falling. Amplified that right. much more. Yeah. So I wanted something that was fun. And then uh, don't mistake fun with hard work because this is hard work. Absolutely. And I'm learning it in real time. Um, but when we opened the doors, the smile on people's faces, the support of the community, how excited the staff is. And guess what? It's all done because of pizza. So uh, looking back um, now over a year when we got the building, um, I couldn't be more pleased in our vision and how our vision has come to fruition in the the thing I, I leave the building every night feeling so overjoyed is people are really having fun and enjoying it. When I say people, I mean staff and guests alike. Yeah, that's excellent. Chris, what about you? I mean, obviously, you know, Fox, you know, those restaurants that you mentioned, these are more traditional style. There are more just the restaurant, whereas this is yeah. that, you know, the pizzeria. It lies somewhere in between, right? It's not a fast casual, but it's not a regular kind of full. It's, it's this beautiful little amalgam that's existed, you know, as far back as anybody can remember who has that memory of a pizzeria. Sure. So what's it like for you from a business standpoint to run a place like this? Um, it's refreshing, that's for sure. Uh, having, having a teammate like Marcos and my, my nephew is actually the, the main chef of the restaurant. Um, it's kind of refreshing. There's that family feel to it, right? There's that, that struggle, hey, we're on the same team. You know, like everyone does something uh, better than the other. Yeah. Right? So we use each other to kind of get to the goal. And I think that we've done that very well. I mean, we, we were putting tables together. We were putting paint on the walls. We were hanging uh, the umbrellas or the overhangs on the patio. It wasn't a construction budget. We were the construction team, right? So just kind of ground up from, I would say this, uh, I don't know, a monster to doing it yourself. Right, no one telling you what to do or how to do it. Collectively, us three would sit down and say, "Okay, there was paper on the wall, and we had a sharpie, and we would just kind of write down our ideas." And this is kind of how it evolved. So I, I really enjoyed that process, getting back down to the basics, and then developing what the community is kind of grass. It's really been refreshing. I, I mean, again, this is by far not the first episode for anybody who knows this show where we'll do this mid-service, pre-service, at the restaurant, et cetera. I mean, you know, this is, what, 9.30 a.m. on a Tuesday, and you guys already got a full kitchen going. I mean, you guys are already staffing up. You guys don't even open for another hour and a half. I mean, it's a Tuesday, appro it's a Tuesday for God's sake. I mean, most restaurants look at Tuesday, and they go, shit, like, unless it's Taco Tuesday, we're kind of slow. Like, there's not much you can do, but you guys have been cranking. I mean, how's it been? You know, we mentioned that you guys are going to be approaching a year when is the actual one year anniversary for people who are listening 
September 21st? September 21st, we open the doors, yes. Okay, so we're approaching it pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. by the time that people hear this, it'll be just kind of just before that time or give around that. I mean, yeah. how has it been? Was it just, bam, immediate success? Did it take a little bit of reintroducing to the community? Because you guys didn't come out with the big, hey, we're here, look at us, fireworks show. It was more like, let's just open the doors and see what happens. Yeah, I, I we had paper on the paper that we hung up on the window so no one could see in. And, and one day we just kind of, took it down and unlocked the door. Um, to your point is it's nine in the morning and we're already mixing and going. Yeah. And that's kind of the labor of love, right? That That is every dough is handmade. Every dough is cut and, and rounded and placed in and then aged for 12 plus hours. So it's, it's a process. We never close. Like in the beginning, we were closed on Tuesday because we can get our feet underneath us. We didn't have the staff to run seven days. Yeah, and makes sense. we were running ourselves a little ragged as well. So we needed that day of rest. But regardless, we were still here. We were still making dough. We were still prepping. We were still getting ready for Wednesday. And so with that came opening on Tuesday. So I don't know if I've answered the question. I. Um, it sounds like it was busy right away, which is a right good thing. away. Yeah. yeah. And, and I wouldn't say we measured success financially. I think we measured success and still do on people saying that they love it. Thank you. Right. And Marco's greeting every guest, right? Literally every guest that walks in the door, he's saying hello. He knows the kids names. He like, he's a part of the community. And so I think that's where our success is coming from is just smiling faces. Hey, we make a mistake. Like Marco said, we make mistakes and what it takes is, Hey, let me, let me buy you a beer and let me have that. Let me have the yeah. kitchen redo it, right? Um, dough is a living, breathing thing. That oven is a living, breathing thing, right? It, it, when, you're, when you're taxing the oven, it, the oven says, man, I need to be hotter. And all of a sudden, it's like a little crispier, a little bit, you know, the edges are burnt a little yeah. bit. And um, that's what makes it unique. Every pie is a little bit different in the fact that it has a little different kiss mark or burn mark to it. It just gives a personality. The same. What's yeah. that? I said it gives a personality. It does give yeah. a personality. <laughs> so if you're looking for golden brown all the way around, like domino style, that's what they've perfected, and they do really well at it, obviously. Um, that's not us, right? Yeah. We are hand-turning. We're hand-tossing. We're, we're building these from scratch every time you order it. And so there will be a little imperfections to it, and I think that's, that's the beauty of it. I agree with that. And again, I mean, well, you naturally segued into it, kind of starting to talk about the food. We can't talk about a pizzeria without talking about the pizza. Every place is a little different, right? Maybe this place is a Neapolitan style. Maybe this place is more of a, you know, central Italian style. Maybe they just want to go with that more, you know, kind of mechanized the domino style. It's definitely not a piece of Italy that Domino's does, so I don't know what to call it. But <laughs> describe the pizzas here and, and kind of those flavor profiles that you guys are going for. Well, that process was fun, too. And again, I'm, I'm learning it through Chris and Anthony, Chef Anthony's know-how working with dough. What I explained to Chris at his house was I kind of wanted a New Haven style. And to me, New Haven style is a little bit thinner. Yeah. It's a little bit more done um, in spots. And um, when I read up on the charring effect is... A, a beautifully done charred pizza is just a beautiful caramelization of the dough, and it adds to the flavor complexity yeah. of, of the pizza, right? Like, what is it, like the, the Maillard reaction or something sure. like that is what it's called? Bravo. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And initially, my fear was people wouldn't understand it, so we made it a part of the server's initial approach to the table to explain a little bit about what makes our dough and our pizza style unique. 
Now, we, we played around with those because you have your dough, then, like Chris said, it's a living, breathing thing, and then how it marries with your oven is a whole other relationship. It's just like people, right? Um, and I, then you, you uh, want to talk about dating inside of restaurants, pizza in the oven is probably, that's, that's one is all this time. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? <laughs> um, and um, the right amount of charring is these little kisses from the flame, and as you're spinning and working the pizza on its axis, the leoparding that comes out uh, around the, the coastline of the pizza is this beautiful artistic <laughs> I mean every pizza I put down I'm like I'm falling I'm falling in love again yeah. um, so Chris and Anthony and, and Bobby our chef uh, Bobby also found a dough that married with the oven that kind of tickled the fantasy of what it was like going to college and my parents live in in New Haven when I go back to visit you know, I go to Worcester Worcester Square and uh, uh, eat at all the pizzerias and I think we've hit it in a New Haven style pretty close. Now you're not going to have coal fired ovens out here in California and there's not going to be um, this humongous pizza coming out on a sheet tray. Um, but I think for quality and for ingredients that, that Chris, Anthony and Bobby have sourced, I think you have the best of California's um, ingredients and you have the best dough made from people who care about and love the process of it. And then um, we have some pizziolos that work here that just take such great pride and care in every pizza that goes in that oven. It's just, it's just a, a beautiful um, work of, of art and teamwork and everything like that. So I couldn't be more proud. And yeah, New Haven is a thinner, more charred uh, pizza. Yeah, um, You both have experience kind of in those traditional restaurants, like we mentioned earlier. What are some of the biggest lessons that you both have learned since getting the doors open and, or even, I guess even beforehand, just kind of getting to the point of getting the doors open and, and kind of throughout the past year of business. I mean, you want to go the, the landscape has changed, I mean, as it does pretty dramatically, even in the past year, especially here in Dana. So yeah, what are some of those lessons you guys have come and learned? I think the lessons, um, especially from talking with Marcos and I, I, I think it's how the employees are treated, right? Everyone says, are you having trouble hiring? And I think that's, we haven't had any trouble hiring. Uh, a lot of the people that have worked in the front house with him over the past years want to work for Marcos, and that's a testament to him, right? Oh, Marcos, you're opening a place? I'm in. You don't even know what we're doing. I'm in, right? Marcos yeah. is in the front. They know how he treats people. And the lesson from that is it comes to the back as well. I, I know what I've been through in life in the restaurant business, and I want to change that. And it's just how you treat people, listening to them. It's not just... Um, being an employee, hey, make the pizza and do it this way. It's, hey, what's going on on your outside life? What, what are you doing? You know, um, you're here eight hours or nine hours, sometimes even 10. Uh, what are you doing the other 14? What's happening in the other 14? I think that's, um, I think that's where we're able to kind of hold on to our employees a little bit better is what's going on in the other hours that you're not here? How do I, how do I help you not only in the restaurant, but outside the restaurant as well? Um, a, young, a young kid here, his perfect example is he starts with us. I think the first or second day his bike gets stolen. God. Right? Yeah. Like he's, yeah. you know, he's helping us. We're breaking the kitchen down. It's late at night. We're taking the trash out. And all of a sudden he's like, my bike's gone. You know? And so the team, everyone throws in five, six, seven, ten bucks. And the next day we had a bike waiting for him. So That's awesome. You know, that's kind of everyone's pitching in everyone is paying attention to each other and um, creating a team around them so even if you're not the management 
being Big Papa or Mama or whatever it may be, all the brothers and sisters of the restaurant are taking care of each other, yeah. and it shows, right? Would, would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, that, that's, that's spot on, and that's the beauty of mom and pop, and that's the beauty of a pizzeria. And we all have some quirky personalities to add to uh, the family, just like any family does. Um, it's a little bit quicker, I would say. One of the things I've learned, um, and Chris told me as such, that makes me feel like I'm a little bit older, and I, and I feel it uh, also. But... Um, what I think is happening, this is just my two cents, and I listen to the guests as much as I talk. Um, people are looking for value. Yeah. People are looking um, for a place that, not to quote Danny Meyer, it feels like they've come home. Um, and people want to be part of a family. And I think that goes guests to restaurant. I think that goes employee to team and restaurant. And I think that goes employee to guest. Yeah. Um, and I hear some of the employees at the table and it just makes my heart warm because they're genuinely excited about what they do. They genuinely care about everything that happens in the guest experience. And that stuff is invaluable. And um, as I've done my journey and I wore tuxedos to work, I crumbed tables, I um, changed tablecloths and all that kind of stuff that was value then. What I think, and I'm, again, I'm not looking any deeper into this, what I see value that guests want now is people that care. Yeah. In an environment that feels warm and friendly. And they want product that doesn't feel like they're getting gouged price point wise, but um, they want it fresh and shown that people care about what, what they're putting out, right? It's not, a, it's not a production line that way. So I think I'm not touting the restaurant, but I think we've hit on something that not only does the community seem to want to support, but I think the industry as a whole would probably be best served in thinking that way because I think with COVID and everybody getting knocked around in different ways and labor hard, treat your employees good, right? Give a product that is a perceived value and uh, show people you care. Yeah. We can't talk about a restaurant in Dana Point, um, and this is happening in a handful of other cities across Orange County, Southern California as well, but I think Dana Point probably more than anywhere is really a pinnacle of this, um, the change that's going on, the construction. I mean, anybody who hasn't driven down the PCH in this area in the past six, seven months is going to be absolutely gap, like gobsmacked when they see, I mean, new apartments going in. And I even talked about this years ago um, with other chefs in Dana Point on the show back when the apartments were announced, but now you have this whole influx of people coming. Construction on the harbor is starting to get underway. I mean, what is it, like a $350 million renovation project or something. How does it feel for you guys to have a place that is, it, it, and, and I wanna say that I echo your sentiment. I ate here before we even scheduled this podcast. The server could not have been more enthusiastic. She really seemed like she was having, I, I don't know, either a great day or a great time here. The food is great. That's the reason I wanted to do the podcast. But how does it feel for you guys? You're approaching a year. You have a great relationship with the community. You have a great product. Obviously, things seem like it's on the up and up. And you're surrounded by a market that is just about to get infused with more customers, more disposable income, mm. and more things of that nature. I think it, I think it just lends itself to the, the best little neighborhood shop we could be. You know, um, we, we are excited about the growth, um, and we're just kind of taking in, again, we couldn't have planned this any better. It seems as though there's a little bit of a lightning in the bottle here yeah. as we open up. Uh, we kind of open up on the off season, right? We have the keys in season. We're like, oh, man, we're going to miss Labor Day. We're going to miss Memorial Day. All these things are happening. And it's like, you know what? We, 
we can't pay the bills or we can't pay this thing off in the first summer and we open up you know end of september october and it's really kind of lent itself to that growth i think we're ready for the growth to your point is we're excited about the growth that's coming into the harbor and the new even the new restaurants i i love the new restaurants coming into town because all that brings in is more curious people to say wow i had a great time here let's try something else next time what an experience we had over there let's try a new place down the street so what's the what's the old adage competition breeds success yeah yeah. no no doubt i i I don't want to be the only go-to place. We, we have a lot of great restaurants in Dana Point. I think we just add to that great, uh, great pile of, of spots to go to. Um, and again, all the new shops, it's breathing new life into Dana Point. I, I grew up coming down here. Um, a good friend of mine's dad uh, introduced me to Dana Point. He would take us to, he was a, he was a neurologist. He would take us to Dana Point, or uh, I'm sorry, Doheny Beach. We would learn how to surf, and he was dictating into his little microphone on the beach. <laughs> and here's this, like, you know, brain surgeon dealing with two kids. But as a young boy, I saw what Dana Point was, you know, 40 years ago compared to today. And it's like there's still that hometown feel. Yeah, very I, much so. That I fell in love with, and I hope that doesn't go away. But you have to welcome the growth as well, right? The new, the cleaning of it, the just the resurfacing of it. Yesterday we walked down the marina and they were putting in all the new docking system. And I said, "Well, okay, that that's a good start." Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Marcos, what about you? Because again, you you worked through the pandemic here in Dana Point at a different restaurant. I mean, you know this area, obviously. You know the Ritz Carlton. Okay, I know what's called Laguna Niguel. It's basically Dana yeah, Point. Right, okay, yeah, everybody sure. gets shut up with the, the zoning lines. But I mean, you know, you know this area very intimately as well from a professional standpoint. What are your thoughts on it? Well, it's it's nice uh, to to see it from where it was. As Chris was talking about moving out here in '96, and you know, internet wasn't a thing. I didn't have yeah. a cell phone, so I did a whole bunch of research. And Dana Point's history is a beautiful history, and I think Chris summed it up. It's a it's still a beautiful hometown, and will always be that. Um, when I was on the Chamber of Commerce, this was all getting planned. I was an executive board member there for six years, and I was in charge of the turkey trot, mm-hmm. so to be a runner. And um, this was all unplanned. And there's change and evolution. It, it gets divided into two trains of thought. People, a lot of people don't want change, yeah. but it's the only thing constant in life, right? So um, seeing the evolution of the town, the ideal thing would be this. It still keeps its quaint yeah. Beachfield community, and uh, we evolve maybe uh, cosmetically. Um, maybe we see where it can improve, and we make those improvements. So that would be ideal. Um, and, and getting there might be uncomfortable. I know that um, in the previous restaurant um, I worked at, it was tough for a lot of harbor businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Um, so. I don't want any of that, but um, I, I think the end result might be good for everybody uh, if we can embrace it. And um, I, I think that Dana Point, the community, is one of the most special communities anyone could ask for. I see the same faces come through the door. And what's nice about all the guests that come in here and then the community, they're so approachable. They're so friendly. Yeah. They're so, they want to spend their Dana Point dollars in Dana Point. And uh, like I said earlier, the relationship, it's its strongest currency. And uh, uh, even though there might be affluence, everybody is so down to earth, nice, and, and they just want to be a 
supportive of our business. And that's great. I hope that never changes. Um, as we kind of wind down this, this main episode before we jump into a bonus episode after this, um, I want to ask, you know, we've mentioned it multiple times now, approaching the one-year anniversary, and it was more of a subtle opening. Are there any plans for anything a little more grandiose, a little louder as to kind of celebrate, you know, I mean, it, look, restaurant industry nowadays, you make it a week. Congratulations. I mean, you make it a year. Yeah, you should definitely celebrate that. I think with all the hardships people deal with, I know there are some people that are like, oh, you know, we were supposed to do this. No, go ahead, celebrate it. So do you guys have anything planned? I mean, we've, we've talked about um, kind of the month of October, kind of recognizing our year and then giving back to our guests. So maybe we pick a day that we kind of special something or, you know, it might be um, $5 draft beers and yeah. things of that nature. So, yeah, we're, we're going to come up with something kind of fun and um, you can come. Uh, we're going to probably, probably do it four times in the month. So you can come one of those times that fits your flavor profile or budget um, or you can come all four times. That's the idea is for you to come all four times and kind of get a little pizza doho um, at a, maybe a better rate or a little special or, um, yeah, right? Yeah, it highlights. G- giving back. Highlights some items. I think it's, it's fun. Chris has put together a menu, and one of the pies that made New Haven so popular was a tomato pie. And so I said to Chris, can we feature the tomato pie? Because to me... It's kind of the foundation or the North Star of our concept. And it's this beautiful dough. And it's just with our fresh made tomato sauce. And then we, we do a little garlic oil and just a light dusting of the Pecorino Romano. When it's cooked and comes out of the oven, I can't speak for Chris. Super easy, super classic. simplicity is so damn good. And it's just three ingredients, but done right and done yeah. fresh. I'd love in October we could highlight the abits um, and make that kind of our feature because it's that pie that got us to this point. Yeah. Um, well, for anybody who does want to focus on, or they want to look into the restaurant, they want to follow along and check out some of those specials or just learn about more, uh, you guys kind of more in general website, social media, things like that. Where can people find you guys at? Well, we're in the process of finalizing our website. It's been, it's been a long process. We kind of, Put the horse before the card now. Uh, the technology I, I, piece it, is the one. Where look, I, I built the best C-Stock on from the ground up, and I know that pain more than yeah, anybody. Well, <laughs> we, we've been making dough more than websites yeah. or business cards. So um, we're, we're getting to it. It's almost done, right? We do have an Instagram, a pizza doho. Mm-hmm. Um, and we um, I have our website, and I just spoke to the gentleman, Mark. His name is who's doing it. Should be done within a week or two, uh, www.pizzadoho.com. And uh, we have a fun uh, Instagram. We have a fun TikTok. And we're just trying to highlight the family uh, feel that the restaurant has. So some of the pictures are no food. They're of the togetherness and the cohesiveness. And some are the guests and some are are Chris and Anthony and Bobby's food. So it's kind of a nice homage to uh, the family neighborhood pizzeria. Good for you guys, man. Well, like I said, I'm going to keep you guys around for a bonus episode, which people can find on Patreon if they subscribe. But in the meantime, for everybody listening on free feeds, I want to thank you guys so much for the time. I'm extremely happy that we got to do this before the one year anniversary. Um, You know, like I said, this was a place that I had my eye on when I was going up and down the PCH. And one day, like everybody else, I saw the paper come down and was lucky enough to stop in. And I think you guys are doing something really special. I I think the world is a better place when you got good pizza. Thank you. I appreciate it.
Thank you, 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 thank you so much to Marcos and Christopher for coming on the show, taking the time pre-opening. Um, obviously, when you're running an operation like that, every second matters, and it was literally right up until I hit the record button that things were happening, people were being talked to, emails were being replied to. So very grateful for both of those guys for taking the time. Thank you to everybody if you are listening on free feeds. I really, really do appreciate it. Please be sure to uh, share. You got to play with the algorithms these days on every single app, and it really does help new people find the show. Head to thebestseats.com for more just like this. Thank you so much again to Ali Coyle, who does the music. Thank you to my advertising partners who are partnering up and really helping support this show and really helping me pump it up with new equipment and things like that. But most importantly, thank you to everybody who does support on Patreon. I know that these are tough times financially, so for you to put even the $2 mark down each and every month, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody, and I'll see you soon. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash The Best Seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Sasha Lyons, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, Burger Master, It Ain't Easy Being Greasy, Boyga Kang. Thank you for your support.